everyone and welcome back to my podcast this is episode number four my name's liz king your favorite personal trainer sensation and i have finally found a moment to do this podcast that i'm actually so excited for um yeah so this one is called movement for mental health um and i just wanted to take this time to reflect on all of the positive parts of exercise that you wouldn't even normally think about. So we understand that exercise does make us feel better in many different ways, but I actually wanted to break it down and give you the old scientific reason as to why that is because I think that it's important for all of you to understand what the fuck is actually going on Um, because that's how I learn the best and like you can't just tell me something and I'll be like, yeah, cool, and then retain it. Like, I have to fully understand something. Like, I have to know why, when, what, who, where. Like, I have to know everything about it for it to actually mean a damn thing to me. So that's what I want to do in this podcast for all of you. So this um, this topic is really important to me um, because movement has dragged my ass out of some of my darkest mental health moments and has helped me massively. Um, Not only that, but um, I've seen my clients come from shit, every type of shit, every kind, you name it, abusive relationships, sexual assault, suicide attempts, dark fucking shit. And I don't think people realize how much (laughs) trainers absorb. Um, (laughs) And we sort of end up becoming this sort of exercise therapist in a way. And we hear pretty much about everything, um, which I do love because it's actually a huge part of how people move forward because there's a lot of things that people fight that they don't even realize that they're fighting maybe from their past if it's trauma anything like that there's so many blocks that can happen when you're trying to go through your fitness journey when you're trying to get in shape even just feel better about yourself whatever and I know I personally, like, I end up being such a big part of people's lives and um, because I see them sort of through their breaking points. And I have the fucking privilege and honor to be a part of their uprising, to be a part of their glow up, if you will. And I'm mainly talking about women in this case because the men I train actually don't really talk about feelings at all. <laughs> But that's very normal. Um, They definitely don't talk about feelings like women do. Um, Usually when I train men, they're like, I'm like, oh, like, how's it going? Is it great? They're like, no, I hate it. Let's do it again. (laughs) Whereas women are like, oh, my God, yes. Like, I love it. It's helped me with this and this and this and this. It's just very different. And um, like, (laughs) so I do hope (laughs) that this message is received by both men and women because I know that we both suffer uh, from a lot of mental health issues. I know that men go through a lot of shit um, as well. And I just want to make sure that everybody understands how much exercise can actually help you. Um, so yeah. 
So I'm just realizing now that this episode might actually be a little bit shorter than the other ones, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because the other ones are literally hours long. So um, let's get into it. There are a million parts to this. <laughs> As I just say, yeah, it's going to be short. You're like, oh, thank God. And then I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a few topics that I know personally best. Um, and there will be three things um, that I address in this. So three different things um, through movement. So number one is movement and anxiety. And that is probably the most common one. Two is going to be movement and depression. And three is actually going to be movement and ADHD. Yay! Which I know all too well. Um, which I think is interesting whether you have ADHD or not. Um, it is something that's also very common like in children. So if you ever have a child or come across a child with ADHD, it might actually help you kind of relate to them a little bit more if you kind of understand a little bit more about how their brain works and how movement actually like completely affects how their brain works. So here we go. And now this is all about the effects of movement and better eating habits. Again, I'm not a doctor, but these are all backed up by studies. I can drop the actual ones in the blog um, if you're really that worried about it. Um, I'm absolutely happy to do that. It's also a really good read, so I'm going to drop those in the blog. Um, so movement and anxiety. Movement and anxiety go hand in hand. In my last podcast, I said this really powerful statement. Anxiety is a physical response that requires a physical solution. So as always, I'm going to educate you with some science and then I'm going to sort of dissect it after. That anxiety by definition is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. Um, anxiety in the body triggers flight or fight response um, by releasing hormones such as adrenaline into your system, which does increase your pulse, um, increases your breathing rate, so your brain can get more oxygen because basically your body's like, holy shit, what's going on? I need to get more oxygen to the brain just in case I got to fucking get out of here quick. So this would basically be like if we were worried about something attacking us sort of in the water, in the water, in the wild, in the water too. Um, and we had to sort of take care of ourselves and, and get out of there quick. So that's sort of the, the primal instinct reaction. And there's different levels. Um, let's call them levels. So we get anxiety naturally before an interview, before a date, which is typically resolved sooner than later or sort of after the event. Um, however, an excessive or persistent state of anxiety can have a devastating effect on a person's life. And before I go any further, I'm going to tell you something a little fucked up, but it's actually kind of interesting. And when I first heard of this, or learned this, I had this like, oh my god moment, like you wouldn't believe. Um, so have you ever heard of the run, um, have you ever heard of the term adrenaline junkie? So, like, if someone was addicted to, like, the rush of adrenaline from, like, skydiving, like, shoplifting, <laughs> whatever. I don't know why I just, why, like, those are my two best examples of adrenaline. But, um, but anyways, it's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, but <laughs> because anxiety releases that same adrenaline, this flight or flight, fight or flight, 
response in your brain can actually become addicting. So your brain can actually become addicted to the chemical reaction that's happening in your brain when you get anxiety. So even though you hate anxiety, it sucks, your body will actually try to put you in situations that will spike that same chemical in your body so that your brain can get that adrenaline fix, which is fucking crazy. Anyways, um, yeah, so you can actually, anxiety is kind of this cycle that is hard to get out of because you will unknowingly make yourself anxious because your body's actually trying to sort of like maintain this this feeling and get these kind of like chemical surges. So anyways, in order to counteract the adrenaline, we need endorphins. And endorphins are a natural happy chemical with spiked endorphins. Everything is good. Everything is cool. Life is great. It's all good. Everything is fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. And when we move and exercise, we are spiking our endorphins, which will slowly work away at the feeling of anxiousness and panic. It could also be as easy as some stretching or yoga or going on a walk. Um, a lot of times it's recommended more of like a cardio um, because cardiovascular will sort of will definitely spike those endorphins. But I think any type of movement is actually really, really effective and can really help calm down. Um, so if it is something like, I mean, I don't really like running personally. Um, so if you want to go for a run, go for it. But like a walk is fine if it's like in the middle of the night. Get up, do some yoga, try to calm down, do whatever you can, honestly. Anything helps. So a really good thing to do is to create a space, like in your house or wherever you live, that you can actually go to. Um, Like roll out your yoga mat, Um, even if you have room, whatever, sit on a pillow, do something. Like do some yoga, do some stretching, follow a video, something like that. But just try to have a space that you can go where no one's really going to fuck with you and that you can actually just calm yourself down because this sort of anxiety and stress can cause a lot of problems in the relationships around you. Trust me, I live it. So like if I'm having a bad day and like my boyfriend's in a bad mood or something, I will be like 1000% in his face, like trying to make myself feel better. But like it always makes everything so much worse because I feel like I make I have anxiety about something or like I'm in I like I've had a bad day like there's all this going on there's like all this pent up energy and I'm just like unleashing it <laughs> not in like a bad way but you know what I mean like it's just not it's just not fair to like be able to like put all of your stress from your day and things like that on your partner so it's really good to just have an area or to be able to separate yourself from everything and just like get moving and just kind of start connecting with your body and being able to move through whatever the fuck is going on in your head, which is known as anxiety. Um, and you will feel a billion times better. And then whenever you are feeling better, you'll be able to sort of return to the, to the situation and be like, I don't even know why I was mad before or not mad, sorry, or like anxious before. Like it will pretty much be a, a 180. Okay. So on to number two, and this is going to tie in a little bit more of number one as well, um, because this gets more into the science of it. It sort of has the same effect. So number two, movement and depression. So This is a tricky one because depression 
typically leaves you feeling low in energy, which means the last thing you want to do is fucking go work out. And it's going to put you off from wanting to be active literally in any way. And I understand for some people it does help, um, but it should not be the only thing. So like movement will really help you, but again, it should not be the only thing that you are doing. So therapy is very helpful. Um, Medication, if you have to, um, like especially if it's something that's severe. I don't, I'm like... I'm not like anti-medication. I'm not like anti-vaccine or anything like that. Um, But I just think that there's a lot of things that you can do naturally for yourself before you sort of resort to that. If you do need any sort of medicinal help, then that's fine if that's what is prescribed to you. Um, There are high-intensity exercises that help spike endorphins. um, But low-intensity exercise over time spurs the release of a protein called neurotrophic or growth factors, which cause nerve cells in your brain and throughout your body to grow and to actually make new connections. So you are literally improving your brain function. And in people who are defining depression Um, and anxiety as well. The hippocampus in the brain, which is like the region that regulates your mood, is actually smaller. So there's a physical part of your brain that is actually smaller, which is why it is harder for you to feel happier and sort of feel that normal type of like good energy. And exercise actually supports the nerve cell growth, which is improving the cell connections, which helps relieve the depression. And it actually grows that part of your brain. So you can literally alter your brain by exercising. I want to say it again. (laughs) You can grow your brain. You can improve nerve connections through exercise. So I'm not saying it's going to cure it, but it can really fucking help. And here's the thing, because when you're depressed, I understand you don't really want to leave your bed. Um, And you can't. You feel like you can't, especially in severe um, cases. It's not just like being sad sometimes. Like you, you physically just can't even bring yourself, like you feel like you don't even have the energy to blink your eyes, um, let alone function. And there'll be some parts where you go into like a remission where you feel a little better and and not so much. So it's, it's definitely hard for other people, especially watching it to kind of understand it because it just, it doesn't always make sense unless you have it. So, what I recommend is to start very slow. So, if that is you, if you're having a bad day, if you're having, um, like, a really low day and you're, like, stuck in bed, you feel like you can't get out, try to move in your bed, okay? Okay. So I'm actually going to put out a little workout for exercises to do from your bed, which is just basic, basic, basic movement. So you don't even have to really like sit up, but do a couple of things, even like holding your arm up while you're laying down, doing some arm circles, trying to lift your leg up, putting them down, lifting them up, putting them down. Um, There are so many things that you can do to just start moving and that over time, if you just convince yourself to keep doing that again and again and again, that over time will actually make it 
much, much easier for you to actually get up and be able to do um, like regular workouts and things like that. Because when you're feeling like that, you're not going to want to like go start a fucking exercise routine. <laughs> like, like there's no way, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're so like, you're so drained of, of energy, like in your bed and you're like, okay, I gotta like get up, like put my fucking workout clothes on and go work out. It's not going to happen. So, and that's also why <laughs> my program is the way it is. I always resort to that. My program is the way it is because everybody is so different and your mental state makes a huge fucking difference in how you work out. And I don't care what the fuck is going on. I'm going to help you in whatever way that I can. If working out in your bed is the only way you can work out, that's what we're going to fucking do. And we're going to keep working on it until you feel good, until you feel better, until you can even fucking sit up in bed. Whatever. It does not matter. <laughs> I am here to help, but I understand that the last thing you want to do is get up, put on some fucking tight ass workout clothes and go do some squats and shit like that. It's just not going to happen. But over time, you build up to doing that. And it'll end up getting better and better and better. And again, like I said, scientifically and physically, you are growing your brain cells and it's actually going to help relieve your depression like significantly. And this is the same thing for, for anxiety as well because they're in, the same, they're in the same area of the brain. So your anxiety will actually lessen the more that you work out. Okay? Okay. On to number three. Okay, I have to stop this like singing thing. I don't know why do it on to number three movement and adhd i'm back to fucking singing again okay so on to number three movement and adhd this is one that is near and dear to my heart if you know me i have been diagnosed with add and adhd at a very young age I've been through all the medications, but one thing I can say that actually fucking helps every time is movement. And I know a few of my listeners have kids um, and who are actually sort of going through the same thing. Um, and it is something that may come and go. So typically, like when you're diagnosed with it as a kid, um, it may go around like this. So there's such a thing as adult ADHD, which I guess I still have because like I just roll with it. I like I love it. I don't know why it's a problem. I guess it's a problem because you can't really do well in school. But I also feel like <laughs> school is a, is a whole different school is a whole different topic. But ADHD is actually really cool because when you have it and you find something that you actually like to do, your focus is like a million percent on it. So that's the only reason why my fitness business is actually as successful because I fucking care about it. If this was history class, no, 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 no. But fitness, yes. <laughs> now, ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Disorder. It is a mental health disorder. I don't even want to call it disorder. It's just a mental health thing that can cause above normal levels of hyperactive and impulsive behaviors. Also causing focusing and sitting still for long periods of time. Very, very hard. And also you're very easily distracted 
And my personal favorite is interrupting people while they're talking. And I know it sounds rude, but I would just like to explain it to you because when someone with ADHD has a thought like myself or an idea during conversation, so say we're having a really good conversation, you're having all these ideas, the minute I have an idea, it's coming out of my fucking mouth. And it is, I understand, it's no, no offense. It is not to be rude. It's just like, if I don't get it out, it will never come out because I will lose it because I'll be on to thinking about the next thing. So part of not being able to like really focus on, on one thing is that you're thinking about a million things at once. And when you find something that's interesting, you go a million miles an hour. So you think about one thing and it just like has to come out. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll lose it forever. And if you don't get it out, like, it feels like pain. It, like, pains me. So I try very hard. Obviously, I'm very professional when I speak to people as well. It's not like I'm just talking over everybody all the time. But it definitely does happen, especially to, like, friends and family and things like that. And it's it's always a work in progress. But if you know anybody who does that, they may have ADHD or they're just rude. <laughs> I don't really help myself here with these podcasts, which is kind of funny, but whatever. So ADHD is mainly found or diagnosed in children. Like I said, adults have it too. So to put it chemically, exercise releases dopamine, which is another happy chemical. So endorphins, dopamine, happy chemicals, which helps with clear thinking and attention and People with ADHD often have less dopamine than usual, which also means that they're susceptible to anxiety and depression. So all of these sort of interlink. So literally what can start from ADHD, hyperactivity, unable to focus, will turn into anxiety, will turn into depression and fucking ruin your life, which is insane. But I'm here to try to help it as much as I can through fitness, of course. Again, not a doctor, but through fitness, this is sort of my cure. My boyfriend's like yelling for me now. Okay, I'm back. My boyfriend was literally just calling from the other room like, babe, babe, babe. So I just stopped the podcast to go see what was going on. And he was just asking me if he could order a pizza. And I realize now I'm living with a child. (laughs) Okay. So people with ADHD often have less dopamine than usual, which also means that they are more susceptible to anxiety and depression. So for me personally, exercise has been my cure. I don't mind having ADHD, but if I'm not keeping up with exercise, my brain goes into this fog. I can't focus. I can't do simple tasks. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. I have a really hard time explaining it just because if you don't really have it, you don't really understand. But you basically just feel like lost all the time like your brain feels kind of foggy and you're just like you're thinking about things so like you think about things like logically and in depth but there's like 
five different like you think about one specific thing like every minute so there's like a billion thoughts going on in your head and then they all mash together and then like you don't know what day it is and then you just like get so tired that you have to like go to bed (laughs) so and the only reason why exercise can't actually be viewed as a, a complete cure or like a complete adhd treatment is because the effect of exercise will only spike the feeling so it'll only spike that dopamine for i think it says like two to four hours afterward which is why it can't really be viewed as a real treatment however the side effects of medication are also pretty bad maybe not maybe let's not say bad they're pretty intense because it affects everyone differently i understand that And one of the biggest things, especially for people with ADHD, is that the exercise has to be entertaining, which is also why you see me switching everything up constantly. Because to me, personally, I just can't do the same thing all the time. There is a bit of comfort in doing a traditional workout and being able to just know, go in and know what I'm doing. But a lot of times I'm actually being creative, which is like really what I love to do like I love making up new exercises and being able to express my weirdness and creativity through exercise and that's what's fun to me and also keeps my clients really entertained as well whether they have ADHD or not I don't even know so yeah there it is so that is the end I think this is actually a really really short podcast um I have no idea Um, but yeah, no, it was, it's been sort of an interesting week. We are into however long of quarantine that we are. And I have been so busy, which I am so honored and like so grateful for every day, but every single day seems like it's forming into one day. And I think I'm going a little nuts and (laughs) I could not tell you if something happened happened like happened a week ago or if it happened earlier today I can't tell the difference because I'm looking at the same walls I'm doing I mean I wouldn't even say I'm doing the same thing every day but like I think just not being exposed to anything else that's going on like I can't really determine if it's like been a few hours or like a few months and I feel like I'm just sort of living in that. And I don't know if anybody else feels like that, but I'm pretty sure we're all getting a little stir crazy. But I think now that the bans are starting to become lifted, whether that's a good idea or not, I've been trying to like get out a little bit more, like go on walks and definitely like give myself a change of scenery just to actually even know what fucking day it is because the stuff is getting like monotonous. Like I feel a little I feel a little weird I feel a little weird about it and maybe it's just me I kind of hope it's not just me but at the same time I do hope it's just me because I would like to spare you all that feeling but yeah let me know how quarantine is going for you um but I am really happy to be doing this podcast again I learned It's actually a really good break for me and I just like educating you all and I think it's just so interesting to find out the meaning behind everything with exercise and 
I think that it's important for you guys to understand like how much of your life it actually affects and I'm I am really an advocate for exercises not just for how your body looks because if that's the only reason you're doing it you will lose because you're not gonna find happiness through what you look like and it's a very hard thing to explain unless you've been there and I've been there maybe even a few times where I've put all my eggs in the beauty basket in the skinny basket whatever you want to call it and it's just not it like that it's just not it and I can't stress that enough and I hope that everybody listening does understand that because exercise will change your body your composition will change you will lose weight like you will look exactly how you want to look you will but that cannot be your only focus because that is not what's going to make you happy. What's going to make you happy is learning more about your body, learning how to take care of yourself, learning to put yourself first, learning to give yourself something to do outside of like your family, your relationship, your friends. It really teaches you to dig inside. And I think that's what's really the coolest thing about fitness and eating well is you have to really get it like you have to get yourself in order for you to be successful and it's been a wild ride for me especially because being a personal trainer being a certified personal trainer in this industry where on instagram there's a lot of influencers there's a lot of just like fashion bloggers that post workouts and like all I see are just like workouts workout workouts like slim your thighs get abs get like get rid of your hip tips and things like like get a thigh gap like fucking thigh gaps are still around for god's sake like it's it's a lot like I feel a little bit overloaded and I just can't imagine how everybody else feels because there's a lot of shit just like circulating out there and like I didn't even know having hip dips like was a thing before tip like TikTok and you all know that I love TikTok and I'm super cringy and embarrassing on it but I love it but the the fucking the diet and beauty culture on there is mad it's like Tumblr on crack if that's even a thing because Tumblr was a whole thing of its own and TikTok's just sort of taken on this life of its own but I think it is in a good direction but I think the more people like the more actual like fitness professionals and dietitians jump on that bandwagon we can sort of create this community where we are really educating people through science and through what's actually going to happen to their body rather than us selling to them this free workout and then hoping that they buy like a pair of workout pants because there's a big difference between an influencer and like a fitness professional they're they can be both so like obviously some personal trainers they get quite a big following and they're endorsed by specific brands and they get paid for that like power to them I love that but when the person hasn't been through proper training and is just trying to sell you like a detox or 
supplements or something like that you just have to be really careful because they're making you insecure about something about your body in order to sell you this certain product so i just want you all to be aware of that i am not an influencer no one pays me to do shit yet (laughs) i am a personal trainer that's how i get paid i get paid because i'm helping people and i haven't really crossed that that line i hope everyone enjoyed this and i am looking forward to the next one i have to get to writing it and please 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 if you have any questions comments or concerns you can dm me on instagram like get a hold of me whatever i typically respond to everyone within maybe a couple of days just because there's quite quite a bit coming in so um i do try to respond to everyone uh and yeah i hope everybody has a great day and i will see you next week bye Oh